Louis Erickson has agreed to a six-year deal with Vancouver Canucks. What's up, sports fans? My name is Aaron Warner, and my co-host's name is Stefan Heck. We're a Vancouver Canucks podcast. Uh, Unfortunately. Yeah, what a what a week in Canucks hockey, Stefan. I mean, it's... <laughs> they didn't... Nothing really happened, I guess. Yeah, it was just, like... Know. I mean, there's so, there's some stuff to speculate about. Like they they finally won against yes. uh, the damn Philadelphia Flyers. I yeah. called it in Discord. Actually, I was like, it feels like PD hasn't had a game where he's just beasted for a while, and and he you know, went beast mode. He yeah, had a game. A I mean, I guess game. Two of them were empty netters, but uh, you know, can't complain. Um, he's got what seventy one points now, or seventy two, seventy one, I think, right? Something like that. Man. So he's on pace for like 108 points. Let's see. That's fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think we said at the start of the year, like, oh, we could see like a 90-point season. 71. 40 goals. Yeah. Yeah. So he's at 71 right now in 54 games, which is like insane. So he's ninth in scoring right now. Um, he just passed Jack Hughes, although Hughes is, is injured and has played three less games. So, yeah. Um, man, Nugent Hopkins is having a big year, too. Um, yeah, it, I mean, I always forget about that. But he David's already crested a, he's already crested a hundred points. I know, which is absolutely <laughs> wild. Um. <laughs> and then Drysaddle has eighty-one points, and he's in second by twenty points. I haven't like tracked the points leaders like in such a long time because there hasn't been a Canuck to like care about, right? No, this uh, is crazy though. I mean, he's he's like he's four points out of being top five in the league right now. Yeah. So he's, he's Pasternak is, is 75 points, right? Yeah. And Eric Carlson. Holy shit. I forgot what a season he's having too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pedersen is a, uh, yeah. Tied in points with Robertson and uh Tage. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah he's, damn. he's having quite a year, um, which, you know, <laughs> I think most smart Canucks fans knew that was going to happen. Yes, uh, for sure. They, they knew that last year was, a was something of an outlier. Um, so obviously it's it's very nice to see, um, but it, it also is just like it's so funny how impatient people were with him last year, you know? Like totally, yeah. It's it's Man. crazy. Like he was, everyone had a you know that last year was not great. Um, it was it's just it's crazy to me to to like judge him based off uh, him last season when he was like injured and. Um, it just seemed like the type of people who were judging it are the type of people who just like maybe hate Swedish players or the, they get yeah, mad whenever the Canucks draft a European player. You know what I mean? A, he's a pussy European. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like what it felt like um, reading those posts last year. And so it's, it, it's, it's really so nice to see him that, like, shove that in their face. Like looking back on that, looking back on the Don Cherry stuff about how these, these euros are so weak and uh, ineffective. These, these pushy pussy Russian players, like the Don Cherry stuff. Like it's almost like they had to find a a new type of really esoteric xenophobia because there weren't like visible minorities playing hockey, and so they're yeah. like, "Well, 
Yeah, it's, it's the Swedes that are the problem. <laughs> yeah, it was Swedes and, and French Canadians. I remember when he got, uh, when Don Cherry got really oh, mad yeah. at uh, Denis Gauthier for fighting with a visor on. Um, he, I mean, obviously he hated visors. We should, you know what we should do? Yeah. yeah not, not this episode, but I, I wonder if you just had the same thought I did. We should do a check-in on Don Cherry's podcast like once every couple episodes. Oh yeah, that'd be really good. Because it's, it's him and his two kids, I'm pretty sure. Have you ever, have you heard the intro I, to it? Uh, the, what I've seen is like him sitting on his porch talking to somebody. I don't know about the actual podcast though. So that video, that was, uh, I feel like that was Joe Warmington of the Toronto sun, like interviewing yes, him yes, after yes, all yes, of the, yes, yes. the whole poppy thing happened. Yeah. Um, but if you listen to his actual podcast, I'm going to, I'm going to try and play one right now and see if, if he still has the insane intro. Just, uh, yeah, he does. Okay. So I'm going to send this link to you. Okay. Um, if you want to, I, w- I don't know if I'll be able to hear it, but just p- hit play on uh, the first episode there, which was a week ago. So this is from Don Cherry's Grapevine podcast because okay. the fucking intro music is so funny. Um, it's like, it's the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. It's so get, good. Let's let's timestamp this and get Dan to put it in the background. Okay. So okay. this is, yeah, yeah. T- so four minutes, uh, 56 seconds. I'm going to, okay. I'll write this down right now. Three, uh, add, two. add Don Cherry uh, music. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. All right, let's go. Wonderful. It's, I mean, it's so this good. This fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, I mean, we have it as a sound alert on, um, on Go Off Kings. And okay, it's I'm, just I'm like, tur- I turned it off. That, that is like, there's some DJ Pauly D stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so good. I'm fucking obsessed with it. So we have that as a sound alert on, uh, on Go Off Kings. And it's just like, oh my God. it's just my favorite thing in the world. I fucking love it. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> it's so, I mean, it's so stupid. It's so, so stupid. Don't get me yeah, wrong. That's, but that is rough, man. <laughs> Oh, uh, so another thing about so the, the, the NHL scoring leaders, Zach Hyman is in 14th above like yeah, Nico Radinen and like Mitch Marner and Nathan Edmonton McKinnon. Edmonton just has so many points. It's fucking nuts. Like, it, well, in terms of just like offense, I guess. Like, yeah. They still managed to lose to the Rangers the other night, which was very funny. I think mm. they're playing today. Yeah, they're playing um, right now. They're, they're up like 3 nothing on the... Uh, the avalanche when i last saw them oh wow it's 5-3 edmonton right now in the third damn okay. um but yeah it's it's just like i don't know i mean i i really do part of me doesn't want them to add eric carlson because i think it would just put them over the top like who they would just be a team that's like who cares about defense we can just outscore our problems yeah they might be right and i don't want to see them winning a stanley cup although i will say seeing mcdavid win a stanley cup would be fucking cool it's just like it's i wish it was for any other team you know what i mean yeah um but like carlson and mcdavid and dry like seeing them play together would be so fun a fan of someone that like as someone who's a fan of watching hockey Yes. It would uh it would be very fun to watch, you know? It'd be scintillating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But as a as a as a born hater and as a Canucks the, fan, it would be as the a worst hater thing of the to Edmonton ever Oilers. Happen. It oh. would it would really suck. Cause really my dream is that like Edmonton doesn't win anything with Dry Sidel and McDavid. They piss yeah. it all away. I want them and to then, ask for a trade. I want them to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, like, yeah. I, and then they're, they're, I would rather they McDavid play town. on Toronto for real. Like, oh yeah, no, that'd be fine. I have I have no ill will towards the Toronto Maple Leafs. Imagine that was the final somehow. 
Oh my god! I mean, I think you would you would actually have to cheer for Toronto. Oh I think yeah, you, I think absolutely. You would. Well, um, the, the the thing about if Toronto wins is then their fans can't bitch anymore. That's true. That's, that's another... they, st- they still would, I think, because like, if you look at Edmonton fans, like they still complain. They they still think they have it tough. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm sure they'd find a way to complain about it. But um, God damn, man, I <laughs> don't even put that evil out there. You know, you know, would be another good one. That's like very possible would be Edmonton Boston final man again you would have to cheer for Boston yeah I think you have to yeah I know I would it's weird but they're, they're like winning me over they had like a really nice um hockey's for everybody yeah I saw that day that yesterday they, they make it really hard to they really do it's unfortunate <laughs> yeah but um, uh <laughs> yeah I mean I I don't know I just <laughs> I there's like I mean, I, I, the last few years, I just like, don't really watch the playoffs. Right. Because I just hate seeing other teams win. I hate seeing other fans happy. I like, so, I like it's seeing so miserable teams like, that haven't won before win, because like, that's one of our, it does give you hope, I guess. Like St. And also St. Louis beating Boston was awesome. That was great. Yeah. That really um, but like, I just, Washington winning was cool. That was cool. Also beating Vegas was nice. If Vegas had won, I would have fucking killed myself. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- there's there've been some good moments for sure, uh, and and you're right. I think it's uh, I think I think it's bruff. Uh, one of them uh, has has coined the term the sad club. Yeah, um, that's bruff. And now it's I mean it's essentially it's the Canucks, the Sabers, and I guess like all the expansion teams from like 1992 onwards. Yeah, Ottawa, San Jose. Columbus would be in Columbus, there, I guess. Now Nashville, Minnesota, Minnesota, Winnipeg. Even though it really hasn't been that long for them, obviously. Um, yeah. Because to me, the charter members are are Buffalo and Vancouver, no question. Totally. Yeah. And and there was, I mean, honestly, before uh, before St. Louis won the cup, there was actually an argument to be made that that St. Louis had a sadder history than Vancouver. Three years uh, older, right? Three years older. They'd been around for longer. They, at one point, went to four Stanley Cup finals in a row and lost all of them. Right, so, yeah. Against, like, the... Those were, like, the Islander years, right? I think that was... I believe the thing back then, and I'm sure one of our listeners will correct me, but the, I think what... the Canadians years? Yeah, yeah. I think what it was, was that back then, when they made the expansion, they put all the expansion teams in one division. Yeah, And so one team, right. one team had to always come out of that division... And it just so happened that it was uh, St. Louis, like year after year after year, and they just got smoked. Right. Yeah. Because I think I so feel that's a like, little bit different then. It is, and I, I feel like Bobby Orr scored the diving OT winner against St. Louis. Um, so like, I mean, they've they've been through some shit. Not anymore, obviously. Yeah. They have. I remember earlier in the year when um, there was footage of the Blues fan with a bag over his head. And oh, I was like, yeah. are, you, are you fucking kidding me? Get give, over give yourself. Give it a break, man. Holy You're in the playoffs shit. last year. Oh my, you won a cup in 2019. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> it was insane. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I just really, I guess this year, I mean, who would be some potential first time winners this year? See, that's um, what I was just looking at. It's, it's pretty grim. Like, yeah, the East is pretty established, right? You've got Carolina, New Jersey. Yeah. Rangers, Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Pittsburgh, New York Islanders are in the last wild card spot right now. And then the ones that are knocking on the door, Washington, Florida are both one point back. 
And Buffalo's yeah. three points back. Same with Detroit. Buffalo has the most games in hand, though. So what, Buffalo has five games in hand on the Islanders. And they're only three points back. So listen, I'm I'm on the Buffalo bandwagon. Oh yeah, for sure. I would love it if Buffalo could go in. And, and so I apologize in advance and... to any Buffalo fans that listen to this. And I, I know yeah. there are a couple. Um, uh, that's that's my bad. Well, I've been to um, Buffalo like three times. Like it's, oh yeah, it's a really cool city. Uh, their fans have been through so much pain. So I feel feel some kindredship with them. And also, if Buffalo won, we would be far and away. There'd be no debate any longer. I mean, yeah. I really, I don't think there is a debate any longer, but there would legitimately be no more debate about who the saddest team in the history of the NHL is. It would be us. We, yeah. would, we would have it. And I, I would be so proud to call myself a fan of, by the far, worst team. the worst team in the history of the NHL. I would, I would be so proud of that. Then, that would be incredible. Oh. In the West, West has a little bit more potential for a first-timer winning it. Because yeah. right now we got Dallas, Winnipeg. That would be cool. Yeah. I'm down for Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh unlikely as it might be, but you never know. Maybe hell about a happened. crazy run. Yeah. And like yeah. the the coming out of the West seems like way easier this year. So yeah. I, I kind of think like whoever makes it to the finals from the West might be more well rested, less injured. Whereas I can see it's that. gonna yeah. be a meat grinder in the East. So yeah. Uh we'll y- see. Yeah. Then Vegas, Los Angeles, Seattle in the Pacific. Seattle which, would be really funny, I think, if they won yeah. a cup in their second year of existence and and had I mean, imagine being able to rub that in Canucks fans' faces forever. Like oh, how yeah, incredible that, that would, would be. be. Oh god. That'd be, that'd be so funny. But I mean they're a pretty likable team. They are. They, I, I don't I don't hate them at all, you know? Like, and Vegas they're, has they're never won before. Team. So like I mean yep. you just get it out of the way if that does happen. Yep. Uh, and then the wild card. Weirdly, right now Edmonton's in a wild card spot. God, I, I, Edmonton is, winning would just be. Ugh, I can't. Terrible. I can't even. I don't and even want to think about it. <laughs> Minnesota's in the second wild card spot. Uh, two points ahead of Calgary. The same amount of games played. Okay. Um, and then Nashville's like kind of in the race still. They have two games in hand. They're five points back though. So right, they're a okay. pretender. It's kind of like. Both the the wild and the flames, uh, both like five hundred fake five hundred. The, the flames last... are just getting no goaltending. Is the thing? Yeah, right? I, I feel so like they're... this is the first time in a while we've actually done like an around the league thing. And yeah. like, I just I'm realizing now I've basically only paid attention to the Canucks this year, or I mean now the Islanders, I guess, because we have their pick, and then also um, just whoever. Like the very fantasy bottom team. of the oh your fantasy team I was I've been looking at the bottom of the league too well that's true it's as like, well yeah yeah tonight we have I, a I'm huge way more game. familiar with the bottom of the league with like the Chicago's the Columbuses yeah. <laughs> of the world like I have no idea I mean and I knew Boston was doing well but yeah I mean in the East you got Boston Carolina New Jersey Toronto Rangers Tampa Pittsburgh Islanders in eighth and it's so close back there man like we've, like we've we've got Detroit a, is we've got a is huge tank out. game today oh. between the Blue Jackets and the, the Coyotes. Oh, it rocks, uh, man! That the Islanders have played fifty-nine games too. Like, yeah, have, the other teams behind them have so many games in hand. That's and they, so they keep good. losing too. Oh, uh, like we said, we talked about this, I think, on the Patreon episode last week. But I'm really wavering now that I've been seeing them like kind of eat shit recently. Yeah, like they are. Let's look by points percentage in the league. The Islanders are twenty-first. Man, I really, I really want a, uh, <laughs> I, I really so genuinely want uh, like a 13th overall pick this year. So yeah, uh, that would be so fun. That would put them in 13th overall right now. Oh. And I, so according to like 
Elliot Friedman, they can roll it over next year no matter what if they want to. I think, well, I think that's only if it's, uh, I, I I think if it's 13th, they, I don't, th- they, I don't think they, they don't, don't have, have a in. They can, they can say, no, take our unprotected next year. That's what was being reported like a couple of days after the trade. And apparently that's common with any sort of conditions oh, I, like that. Okay. I, I uh, could have sworn it was just that if they want to give up a top 12 pick this year, they technically could. Oh yeah. They could do that too. Yeah. Um, which I mean, would we'll also be what, crazy. We'll see what happens, I guess. Like I just, <laughs> man, but yeah, they're, just... they're in 13th right now and they've played four more games than Ottawa. Who's right behind them in terms of point percentage. Yeah. So they could easily fall into that top 12. Oh man. That which would be... like, I mean, if they do that poorly this year and then roll over to next year with like a year that, that team being a year older and like the teams around them seemingly getting better as well. Like, can you imagine? That I mean, could be pretty cool. And but, I don't like, know if you've looked into next year's draft at all. I don't know if you saw the thing with Macklin Celebrini yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Like the top end talent's supposed to be really good, and then it's like more mid as the, yeah, the draft I don't class think, continues. I don't think there's like a Bedard level talent, obviously, but like Celebrini is like a Jack Hughes level talent right now. Yeah, so, and grew up a Canucks fan. Yeah, I mean, his dad worked for the Canucks. I don't know if there's any bad blood there or not. but I, I've, uh, I've heard that he's like still very much a Canucks fan now. Okay, that's that's. So I think that's I saw what, that's what the streets are that. saying. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's good. Um, I just, oh man. I mean, ideally, it would be nice to like cheer for the Canucks to make the playoffs next year, but I just don't. I I, I don't see that happening. It, it I, seems like it. <laughs> with what Rick Talkett has been saying. I mean, obviously, he has some say in in the roster construction, but you know, he the he's saying the right things too, right? He's saying stuff like it's going to be painful. It's going to be a while before we're good, you know? We're going like, to get punched in the teeth a few times. Exactly. That's And it's genuinely Saying great that practice to hear that. is more important than games right now. He's bag skating them like before games. Like, yeah. it, it's very refreshing to actually hear the Canucks organization feel aligned at last between coaching and management, which hasn't happened since they like hired Travis Green, maybe. Pretty much. Yeah, there's because there's all that bullshit about him being a lame duck coach and then they brought him back for one more year. And yeah, so it's been yeah, a while. I, I, the coach has been coaching for their life. I think it was a little bit understated, I guess, you know, oh, this is uh talk. It is, is Rutherford's guy. He's Alvian's guy, right? Like, I feel like that sort of got forgotten or like left behind a little bit, but that's, you know, say what you will about Rick Tockett, but I think it's a good thing to have them on the same page, especially if the page right now is, hey, we're going to suck for a couple of years. Um, although, yeah. again, or that, for the very least, we're going to suck for the rest of the season. Let's try and exa- suck as much as possible it, here. Exactly. I mean, I, I, you know, we haven't had any major moves Canucks wise since the Horvat deal. Um, and we're, we're coming up on, I think, basically exactly two weeks to the deadline now. Um and less than two weeks. I think it is less. Yeah, you're right. Because it, it's next. I mean, we look not this, this Friday, but the following Friday. So March 3rd. That's right. Okay. So we're we're coming up on that pretty quick. Um, obviously, you know, you still have the Timo Meyer domino left to fall. And who knows, by the time this episode comes out, maybe that trade gets made. Although he's hurt right now, apparently. Yeah. So let's talk about that. And let's get into some more JT Miller stuff. Because, yes. yeah, it was just announced this morning that Timo Meyer's day-to-day with an upper body injury which yep. could be them not wanting the smoke for he's held out for trade reasons or he like legitimately has an upper body injury which isn't inconceivable either. Yeah. Uh but and I very think, bad news for San Jose if so. Yeah, yeah, that would be super funny if he gets like hurt to the point where they can't trade him. 
Yeah. And then they're stuck with that qualifying offer of $10 million or uh, not giving him a QO, which would be even crazier to not get any assets for Timo Meyer. But that, that San Jose team, they can't pay 10 mil for Meyer, can they? I mean, I, I guess they could. I think but they like, could. They it would shouldn't. just be like that team's not going to be good for like four to five years, right? And like they they know that. So like, I don't know why they would do that. But then again, I, I didn't know why the Canucks would sign JT Miller and they did. So that's um, true. Yeah, yeah. Like the, them the, signing the, Hurdle last year made absolutely zero sense as well. I, I, so I didn't get that either. I mean, it's, it just seems like it's another team. Though. It's yeah, and then it's another team just spinning their wheels. Which you know, we, as Canucks fans, we know all about that. But yeah. the reports right now are that multiple teams have asked about JT Miller. Um, yeah. So it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like the Canucks are shopping him, but teams are asking about him. And the team, I I think it could be, and and the team that I think you also think it could be too, and, and I think maybe it's a team we hope it could be potentially, is Carolina. Um, yeah. Because I think Miller would do really well on a team like that. Like I, I We've said this on, on previous episodes, but he's... He seems like the type of player who thrives when he's not like the main guy, right? He's not yeah, the top dog. But he's and, like, like got enough punch that he could help contribute more on that team that yeah, is, like, is like a team on, by committee. And Miller he on feels like the like second a line guy. in Carolina. Like, yeah, 100%. Miller on, on the second line there, like for the next three or four years, I think would, would be quite good. So like, I, I don't know. Maybe there's something there. I don't know what they would be offering. I don't know what it would take. I don't know how highly the Canucks value him. Although I assume it's probably pretty high, but like, yeah, I'm, well, the, I'm the a, word was, a, yeah, go ahead. Uh, when, when, um, I forget her name. When it was reported last week about Miller, it was the Canucks would still be looking for a, a first round pick and a prospect back for Miller, which right. seems like, yeah, I mean, that'd be great, obviously, but if you can get rid of that liability and like the end of that liability on the Canucks books, when the Canucks will hopefully be good, I think you have to jump on it. So, like, I I don't know if I'm at the point where I'd say throw in sweeteners. That would kind of sting. Like if they're giving up like, you know, this year's second round pick in order to get off the Miller deal. It might be a necessary evil, though. I don't know. I yeah, I mean, I, I'm of the mindset where it's just like, just take. I mean, maybe it's a bad precedent to set, but like, just take anything you can get at this point and just accept I mean, it's, I don't think it's going to happen, but if you can accept like, oh, we made a huge mistake with this deal. It's like not the right time for this type of player on this type of deal for this type of team. Yeah. And we're just going to gladly take the cap space and maybe a couple picks or like a pick and a prospect, uh, like just fall on that deal right away. Like just take it right away and especially take it as soon as possible. I mean, uh, we're at the point now where the deadline is like, you know, uh, two weeks away, less than two weeks away. So it doesn't make that much of a difference, I guess. Yeah. But like the sooner you make these deals, the better. Because it makes your team actively worse, and you're running the risk, obviously, of someone getting injured, like we're seeing with Timo Meyer, maybe. Like Luke uh-huh. Shen, make that fucking make that deal like today. He had three assists yesterday. He's a right hand D man. He looked great yesterday. Like trade him now. Yeah. I don't yeah, know like what if, you are waiting for. I guess whatever you're waiting you for, can do, right? Yeah, like, I guess with Shen, you're probably he's the type of player where you, you wait until deadline day because that's the type of player where teams get desperate and they're like, oh, we need to do something, you know. Fine, we'll, we'll take and Luke I Shen think for a that's probably rounder. what's happening. From what yeah. I've heard, it's already past the point of no return where, like, with his, his expected kid on the way, that no matter what they do, it's going to be tough now because they're not going to have enough time to settle. So I think that, like, is already done with. Dollywall was reporting on Friday that the Canucks haven't received 
an offer for I think it was a second or a third round. Pick, I saw that, which, which is a seems, bit worrisome. Which which seems worrisome, but it's also I think other teams holding out that they can get him cheaper, and then when they miss out on whoever, and it's you know March. I mean, 3rd, there's, trade there's deadline. teams trying for Chikrin probably. There's teams looking at Gavrikov. Yeah, like, it's like whoever loses out on those sweepstakes will probably say, okay, fuck it, here's a second. Because they were offered I mean, a second last year. That Yeah, the rumor is they were offering a second last year and the Canucks didn't take it, which fuck, that sucks, obviously. But like, if yeah. you can get a third this year, like, yeah, it's worse than, you know, a second last year, but it's better than nothing, right? And it's better than re-signing him. So if it comes down to it and you get a third, I mean, look at the Tyler Mott stuff, right? Like, they dealt him last year for, was it a fourth rounder, I think? And the rumors were, oh, he might be able to get a second. He might be able to get a third. And I remember some of the fan base being a little disappointed with the return. But yeah. like, you look at what he went for today, right? Yeah. Essentially, no, a, good. A, a worse <laughs> version of Tyler Mott and a seventh rounder that could become a sixth rounder. So like, I think when you look at that, I think the Canucks did pretty well. And I think, you know, again, how many times have we fucking said this? Go the Carolina route of just getting as many draft picks as possible. And as many prospects as possible, because you don't know who's going to turn out. You know, you don't know who's going to blow up all of a sudden from like a, a second round pick or a third round or a fourth round. Like, totally. I know, I know the numbers are, you know, are, it's not like it's a guarantee that a second rounder or a third rounder is going to be an NHL or like far from it. But it, it's just, it's so fucking obvious. The more shots you have, the better you will do in terms of, in terms of developing, developing you know, prospects. You know, what's like crazy about, uh, the the damned uh, Carolina Hurricanes. What's that? They have like no bad money on their books right now, like none at all. Yeah, like the the only they have like two contracts that go past next year. Yeah. Uh, okay, three. Sorry, Brent Burns, uh, Slavin, Kotkinemi, and Shveshnikov. Yeah, that's it. There's like the only I was because I was thinking like in a JT Miller trade, I would be completely happy taking back bad money that's going to be bad for the next two or three years just to like so they don't have that liability fucking seven years down the road from now at eight mil yeah um but i don't know would, would you think like the hurricanes would want to be getting out of that cockney deal uh i could i could see it i mean if you can kind of upgrade to a jt miller over a cockney like, yeah I don't think... if they're worried about that long term after he's panned out like this I, way I'm he's fine. only 22 i'd be f- absolutely fine doing that straight yeah. up fuck it. absolutely he hasn't been like horrible this year you know like he's definitely an nhl level player but like i'm just again i'm looking i'm so jealous man i'm looking at their their 2021 draft and their 2019 draft 13 picks in 2021 Ooh. 12 picks in 2019 yeah, like a lot of late round picks, a lot of fifth, sixth, seventh round picks even. But like, who cares? It's players It's players that you're taking chances on. You can take a swing on higher upside when you have that many picks. It's it's prospects for fans to get excited about. It's just like, it's win, win, win. You know what I mean? And then you look at uh, even the 2020 draft, they had eight picks. Third round, they take Alexander Nikishin, who's like a top five uh, defensive prospect in the world, right? Yeah. Like yeah, sometimes those hit, man. Like even that's if, exactly I think it. it's like a twenty five percent chance of it being an NHL player in the fourth round. So if you have like four of them, that's probably going to be a player, right? The other thing with the Carolina is that they have Patrick who's making seven million coming off the books after this season. Yeah, so you could very is he, is he just going to retire? I guess like I mean, it's his Achilles. Is yeah, he had like, like twice back to back Achilles, and he's thirty four. Yeah. So I mean, if I was him, I'd probably be thinking about that. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, like they have that coming off the books after next year, which would very easily be JT's uh, contract. 
Even if the Canucks, I wonder if the Canucks would like retain one million in perpetuity just to get rid of it. I'd be fine with something like that I'm as fi- well. I'm I'm totally fine the with the other that. Like, team. I, I, I want them uh, to try smart things with the cap space they have now with long-term uh, injury money, right? Like I yeah. want them to do what Minnesota did in the O'Reilly deal. Oh, we said, like a free we said it on round. the last uh, the last trade, or not the last trade, the last podcast that we recorded. Like we'll build a statue of Alvin sitting on that bench next to Pat Quinn if they actually weaponize their like seven and a half of LTIR well, space. And if, they, this year. if OEL gets put on LTIR, like, I don't know what the numbers would be, but I mean, th- like they're going to have space at the deadline, right? It's just oh, totally. Cause OEL apparently is on one of those little scooter things right now. <laughs> yeah. Which looks like it's a little bit more than, um, it's his, it's his ankle, I think they're saying. Yeah. Um, did you see, this is about the game yesterday. Well, so they beat Philadelphia. Silov's got his first NHL win. Very happy mm-hmm. for him. Uh, he looked good. Pedersen looked insane. Beauvillier looks great, which is kind of a nice surprise. Um, but did you see uh, Kuzmenko eating the banana and drinking the Coke on the bench? I, that happened after I left. So for okay. the listeners, <laughs> I only watched the first two periods yesterday. I went and watched uh, Ant-Man Quantum. Oh, how's that? Uh, it was a real piece of ass. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> what I... It was funny. I, I was looking at Rotten Tomatoes, obviously, isn't like the end-all, be-all of that yeah. sort of thing. But it's very funny to see like a Marvel movie getting like 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I saw that beforehand, and I saw it was getting panned. But the whole thing was like, I just wanted to like go to the movies and watch yeah. some bullshit and like take it edible sure. before and like look well, at cool colors and shit. The thing, the thing with Ant-Man is that the first two movies are very fun because you have Michael Pena. He's yeah, hilarious. Like Paul I, Rudd is great. But what works in Ant-Man is that he, I mean, sorry for getting no, off go like for a, it. my ant, this is my Ant-Man rant, but uh, what works with Ant-Man is that it's funny when he's small and then normally small things are big to him. You know what I mean? Totally. But then in this one, He's in like the quantum realm, so it's like just like outer space or whatever, and it's it's all it looks all cool and shit, but like there's no sense of scale, right? Yeah, there's I mean there's a couple cool things where he gets like really big, yeah, and when you don't really expect it, so there's like a couple of like I guess moments like that, and then I there's like a couple of funny moments, but yeah, I watched the first one and I thought it was like. Fun first one's like a heist, heist movie, movie and yeah, it was exactly. fun and then, so yeah. i was kind of like okay well if they're doing that in outer space so that could be cool whatever and yeah. uh there was so much it's what i'd call like marvel bullshit <laughs> right they're setting up for the next yeah like, 20 movies like, or whatever. all it was and so there's like very little stakes because you just like i they're just making shit up like it's just when like when you're playing with toys and creating a mythos yeah and so yeah i, I it it was kind of stinky, but I, I did get to eat some Reese's cups, which was cool. Have there you go. Popcorn. And I mean, honestly, you didn't miss much of a game. Like they they Philadelphia sucks, obviously. Yeah, like and it, it was cool seeing Pedersen go off, but <laughs> yeah, um, you know, so they that's a the thing. Like obviously, the Canucks are bound to like win some games and fuck up in the tank battle a little bit, but they've been getting honestly really lucky with the out of town results the past couple weeks. Yes. It was sort of bound to break the other way at some point. Um, I think we have Columbus against Arizona today, which is huge. We do. Yeah. Um, So yeah, if if Arizona wins that, they go up a point on Vancouver. Yeah. Putting Vancouver back into the bottom. I think we're cheering for Arizona. Vancouver would have a game uh, from here on out. Yeah. Like I don't, I, there's no, they're not catching Columbus or Chicago and probably not Anaheim, but like, finishing bottom five man i just i'm just getting like so excited about like will smith zach benson and like i i i'm i'm gonna keep hammering home on this but like i really really want them to draft david reinbacker like i'm i'm completely fine with them drafting 
I know it's like a forward heavy draft, but like if if they're picking like sixth and thirteenth, take two defensemen and just like build up Ooh. your defense. It's so I don't hard know. to find. It's sixth, or you're gonna have Smith, or you're gonna have Benson. I I know, like like I I love both those players. Don't get me wrong, and I I'm not against picking those players either. Obviously, I think fi- Smith. I think will go at fifth probably. If Mitchkov falls, that's another whole thing. Um, obviously, I think you take Mitchkov over anyone oh, else. Oh, please but, God, yeah. If they're, but if they're Dave, David Reinbacker is like he's like playing well defensively against men in his in his draft. Like he's he's so he looks so good, and I don't know. Like I'm I just. I really like the idea of having him as like Quinn Hughes's partner for the next like 10 years, 15 years, you know? Yeah. I mean, if he pans out great, I just, there's so much top end forward talent that in their, their first one, if it's six or seven, I'd like to see them take a swing at like a meaningful game changer up front instead of reaching on Reinbacher. Cause I've seen Reinbacher ranked like as low as like, I, he's, he's gonna shoot up though. Yeah, I, I know think, he's shooting think, up now, but yeah, he'll, he's going to go top 10 on, on draft day. I think, I would almost guarantee it. And like, I'm, I'm completely fine with the Canucks taking him there and then taking like, you know, if they, let's say they get the 13th overall pick taking like Colby, Colby Barlow, or, um, if Oliver Moore falls to, to 13, you take him there. Um, just take like whatever center falls or I, I don't know. It's, it's just such an yeah. open draft. And like, I'm just, I'm really excited for it. It's tough for them to fuck this up. Obviously we don't know yes. exactly where they're going to be picking, but like, I, I don't know. It's, it's. I think that's also true. Is like no matter what, we're going to be excited about the player unless they yes. go completely insane off the board. Well, but it doesn't seem it, like there's players up there that you're like, oh god, stay away from. Like, the, so the other thing with Reinbacker is that he could play in the AHL next year. Oh, right? that's cool. Because he he'd be coming over from Europe, right? So and and he's already playing against men. So and I, I think that's probably something that they would love to do and just have him over here under team control like immediately, right? So yeah, that'd be sick. Um, so that's, that's an advantage as well. But anyway, uh, that's like our, our weekly draft update, I guess. <laughs> the, the other team for JT Miller to go back to that, that I think is very interesting is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Uh, not j- just like because of fit, like someone that can move in and play center if, you know, Malkin gets hurt and then someone that can play on those wings and finish. And the Canucks could take bad money back if they want to like, uh, Kasperi Kapanen or something yeah, as well. Yeah, take Kapanen, a prospect, in like a second rounder or something. Yeah, I, I will take like, that. I, I think that could be a really good fit because day. they're also a team that they can't fuck around with winning any other time but now. Yeah. So yeah. they they have to do it. And then also, if Crosby and Malkin retire, like when that happens, like they'll have cap space opening up, so the Miller stuff won't be as bad necessarily. Yeah, and then, and then I also obviously think, like, there's the there's the management connection to Pittsburgh as well, so you know yeah. they're talking to them. And then <laughs> I wonder if you could work out anything with the Calgary Flames. Man. Do they even have room for them? Because like that's another team that like Bradtree Living's in the last year of his deal. They I, do, I just don't they think they have the space because they, they have the Huberto deal. The like I just don't know that they have any cap space moving forward. Right? Yeah. Um, like, is, is there anybody they would want to? dump i'm just looking now man maybe oh uh, no they probably I, want to keep like manji Pony over I, it or i cannot whatever. tell you how fucking happy i would be if we get just a random like cody hodson style deal out of nowhere you know what i mean like a totally unexpected jt yeah. trade at the at the end of deadline day at like one o'clock or, like or this one's through. for the beer nerd 
What if they <laughs> trade into the New Jersey Devils if the Devils lose out on the Meyer sweepstakes or Meyer's hey, not available? That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I'll take anything from the Devils because they have a lot of good stuff to give L- up. Those obviously. are the ones that I'm spitballing that I think could work for JT if there is actually something in the works. I mean, but Meyer the, the, to the Devils seems like the most like preordained thing. Like that just seems like it's going to happen. I'm, and I'm so shocked cool it hasn't too. happened yet. Oh, I would yeah. love that I'm, for them. That's such a fun team to watch. They're really fun was, to watch. I was watching I mean, that's their a, game that's a team I'm cheering Pittsburgh. for in, in the oh, playoffs yeah. for sure. Totally. Love me some Jack Hughes. Uh, the other thing I wanted to get into today is the uh, the Demko injury stuff. Yeah. So in like the most Vancouver Canucks Twitter thing ever, there was like a five second video surface of him like shaking out his leg. I think JPAT posted it. Yeah. yeah. And then I apparently JPAT said afterwards that I guess people and the people around that were at the rink too uh, like confirmed it that he pretty loud audibly like was like fuck afterwards and like uh, so he knows, was like maybe favoring it a bit yeah. and it was not from it wasn't like a high intensity thing that did it so it yeah. could it sounds like it's just re-aggravating of the injury and i know right. talk it yesterday said it's a maintenance day which is kind of the uh the uh <laughs> i mean that could death. mean with the canucks that means <laughs> a lot canucks, of things yeah it's super loaded <laughs> And so, like, I mean, I, I tweeted about it with the the cap gif. And then today, no Demco at practice. So they said that it's going to be, well, no more Monday. I think he, they said he was going for x-rays. But, man, I, I, I feel, so I feel many bad for him at this point. Mixed feelings about it. Yeah, well, remember, he also didn't finish out last season because of injury. So, yeah. like, he will have gone, if this drags out for any period of time... How many games did Demko even play this season? Well, got like twelve. Like I, I feel like he played like none. Basically, it, it felt like to me fifteen. Okay, fifteen yeah. games. Yeah. Uh, God, I mean, like three wins. Three wins, yeah. three wins. Ten losses. Two overtime losses. Yeah, that's so. so yeah, he bad. looked on like a year and played fifteen games and won three I, times. Like I that mean, can't be great for your your psyche either. No, you your know? mental health and and also just like it's going to be tough to bounce back. Obviously. Like I, I just, it's obviously, you know, it's obviously good for the tank. Although the way he was playing, I don't know that he's necessarily going to bounce back and save, you know, start getting rattling off wins for the team. But like they are in the midst of like a historically bad goaltending season. Like they are atrocious. Um, and it's, it, it's perfect timing really, because you know, you want that guaranteed like top seven, top eight pick. Um, I think obviously the the big thing with Demko right now is like the trade value. Like, yeah, it would be, so, it'd be nice to see him come back and maybe get a couple wins or or just look good in some close losses so they can deal him in the offseason. But right now, I mean, his value is at just like an all time low. I've given up on the idea of trading him before the deadline, like as it's not happening now. And he hasn't played in so long that I don't think yeah. you would get maximum asset value back for it. Yeah, I just. I've been thinking a lot about the long-term implications of this because, okay, obviously not happy that he got hurt. Like it sucks for the guy, yeah. but I was happy for tanking purposes. that it will be shut down for longer, potentially this season. But then what do you do going into next year? Cause say he misses the rest of the entire season. How valuable be valuable, valuable will he be in the off season? Anyways, not very right. Like you're not, you'd be selling low. Yeah. And then what if 
this is something that just lingers for a real time and he never gets back to where he was last year or where he was in the the bubble against Vegas and stuff, right? Like Yeah, it, it's it's entirely possible. I mean, that's why having Silovs up is like a good thing. Like he's 21 years old. He looked good against granted a very bad team in Philadelphia, but he he looked like an NHL goalie there at small sample size still. Very small, um, yeah. And, and very, extremely small, but I mean, I think this is what a lot of good teams seem to be doing now is like not necessarily goaltending by committee, but just sort of like not committing big money to goaltending if they can avoid it. Yes. Um, I, I know people in the Discord were talking about this too. Um, and I, I'm compl- especially given, you know, the Canucks aren't doing anything uh, in terms of playoffs the next couple seasons. Like, why not run with Silovs? You know, why not? Why not try just just see what you can get out of these young goalies, you know? I don't know about running with Silovs right now, but like, but if you do like a you know a one A one B thing maybe, or like if you do trade Demko and then go with Silovs and like an experienced kind of like, um, decent goalie, I guess. Um, I, I I would still like to see him cook more in the AHL. Oh and yeah, like put I, mean, up I think really I think send him down AHL for the playoffs. Numbers. Yeah, call like, the cup I, run. I'm, I'm totally in for goaltender by committee. I think that's. I think that's probably the way moving forward that it's going to work in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather spend that money on a less volatile position unless you have like a Vasilevsky or Shashurkin or whatever. Um, Or a Demko when he's playing really well. Yeah. But yeah, like I think you're better off making like smaller bets like that. So you'd see what they'd have to cook up in the offseason. I just think it could be a very bleak landscape for the Canucks if he is if this is a very long-term injury or something that's going to like keep coming back, like it kind of switches the entire trajectory of what management thought they were going to accomplish on its head. I think he's like maybe the single most important player (laughs) to uh, being able to be a team that sneaks into the playoffs or whatever. So if that's not there, does that change what management wants to do? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a tough situation and I, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to see them like trading him at his absolute lowest. And I don't think they would trade him at his absolute lowest. And I think it's just going to basically go into next year. I mean, how many years does he have left on the deal? It was a five-year deal, I think. Yeah. Um, so there's what, two after this year? He signed a five-year this deal. This is year two of five, right? Yeah, I think that's right. So, um, you know, five years, five million a year. Um, it expires in 2026. Um, so yeah, three years left after this. I, I, if we're not doing anything for those three years and he, he's just not the same goalie ever again, then like, well, I guess maybe it's kind of fine because the team wasn't going to do anything in the next three years anyway. Yeah. But like, let's say they get Bedard, right? Or, you know, Celebrini next year or something. And then it's like, you want to take advantage of those ELCs I don't know. There's there's so many things up in the air and I'm I can't believe I'm saying this again. I feel like I have said this like the last two off seasons for sure, but like this is the biggest off season in Canucks history, you know yeah. what I mean? Like potentially. It really it's is. It's the biggest election in the country's history is every election. <laughs> but yeah, like I they could really damn themselves more. Yeah. If they if they don't like look at this like through a sober lens of we're not a bubble playoff team. And yeah, like with the Demco deal, you would hope that the team would be 
starting to be on the upswing by like 2025, 2026. I like I'm sure next year isn't so. going to be too great, but like you can see some more development out there. Since, and- <laughs> since Benning. Yeah. I, I, I think by then it's reasonable to expect, yeah, two to three years from now. Oh, they're like a playoff team. They're like a comfortable playoff team. Like obviously depending on how this year's draft goes. Um, but uh, I'm just, Oh, like man. how many years of pain do you need at the bottom generally for the ones that have been able to do it around quickly? It's like two years, right? Two, three. I, some team, I mean, five years. Like I, I think like a four to five year rebuild is like, that would be like average. Maybe if I had to guess, like it's tough, obviously rebuilding is not easy, but it's just like the Canucks fucked themselves over so many times during the Benning years. And like, I, oh, man, it's so annoying because you'll still see people posting like, Oh, but that's just hindsight. That's hindsight. You know what I mean? And I it's mean, like, you're, it's you've not. been on record. <laughs> everyone was calling this shit when it was happening. Um, and everyone was, it was so tired of it by the end. And I just, I, I will gladly wait another two or three years for this team to be good again. If, if there's actually a plan. And again, we're getting to the point where like Alvin and Talkit and Rutherford are like, they're once again saying the right things and they made the Horvat deal, you know, and that was the right move. And it's just, you know, it's been almost a month now, I feel like, or like three weeks of like us just playing the waiting game of like, what's the next move going to be? Because that's what's going to tell us everything. And hopefully by the time we record our next main episode next week, something will have happened. Um, Obviously, we're a little under two weeks out from the deadline. So we'll we'll have some moves to talk about, hopefully, pretty soon. Um, Yes. And like I said, I'll do, I'll be streaming during the day on, uh, on deadline day. Um, over on Golf Kings, so you guys can come join us there too. But um, I, I just want them to do something now so that we know what their direction is. Because I'm tired of guessing at their direction. You know? Yeah. Okay. So let's let's say let's talk about this then. What would be your ideal deadline for the Canucks? Trade Luke Shen for like a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, trade Brock Besser. So retain on Brock Besser and get like a third rounder and like a B prospect, maybe like okay. re- and being realistic here. Yep. Um, I think trade like Kyle Burrows for like a seventh round pick. Fantastic. Um, I think if you can get rid of Garland as well, it's not getting rid of him because I think he's been okay recently, but like if you can trade Garland too, that's great garland I, or 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 bovillier it, for like it, it depends a pick. on the value back yeah if it's just like a straight up you get a draft pick without like holding on to a lot of like yes with with, with connor garland i wouldn't want to retain on that i think whatever no. team like if they get him for because the contract is not horrible no it's like know? a little bit under five mil that's yeah. gonna look he hasn't been bad like we, we talked about this there's like the the cam Sharon article that came out this week in the athletic and Basically, when JT Miller has been playing with Connor Garland, that's when he's looked hot so far. So his yeah. talk has come back. And then when he's not with Garland, he's like negative shots for, or I forget if it was shots for, of course, before, but like whatever the underline that they were looking at wasn't nearly as good without Connor Garland. Yeah. So, like, yes, he hasn't produced at the same level he produced at last year, but his five on five still been good. And uh, I think that's someone you can certainly recoup next year when his on ice shooting percentage goes up. I uh, so my so I, I would say yeah, Luke Shen for a second, 
Besser for like a third and a B prospect. Garland for like a second, if you can get it. Um, if you could trade, so Burroughs for a seventh. If you could trade D Giuseppe for like a sixth, I would do that as well. Um, pending UFA, I mean, so, yeah. I, that's, I'm just looking at their pending UFAs right now, basically. If you can trade Colin Delia for something, you never know. I mean, I mean, teams can always use a, a backup or a, a third stringer. Stranger things have happened. Um, so I think just trade basically every pending UFA you can um, and just get as many picks as possible. And then obviously a JT Miller trade would be very, very nice. But I, I'm I'm being realistic here. Like this is like a realistic, I mean, it's obviously extremely pie in the sky, like positive. I would love if this happened. So realistic in quotation marks. Yes. Because that's still like four or five deals they're making and they're, and they're pure selling deals. And I don't see that happening. Um, but if, if you could also throw the Miller trade in there too, I mean, I, I would be the happiest I've ever been as a Canucks fan. But I think realistically what we're probably looking at is just Besser and Shen. Um, yeah. Which is like, like better would, than nothing. I would but... be completely happy with Shen for draft pick. Yeah. Second, third, whatever. Yeah. If the Besser or Garland deal isn't too shitty, there's like at least something back where you're like, okay. Uh, if not, I think just hold into next year and try and sell them at a higher value. Yeah. Um, and then I want to see them broker some other trades. Be the broker in the. Yes. The, so I guess if you're. Like they, weaponize they have, that cap space somehow. They have two retaining spots left, I guess, right? So they would yeah. use one on Besser, presumably. And then if you're able to use one on a three way trade to get an extra pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's beautiful. If we can do that. I think even more ideally, I'd like to see them both just be buying draft picks with their LTI space. And then something where you don't have to retain on Besser. Uh, and then, yeah, if you could extract yeah. any value from G Giuseppe or Kyle Burroughs, uh, please go, go ahead. Be my guest. That would be great. Oh, by the <laughs> way, the Oilers just lost in overtime. To oh, Colorado. what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're up like five, two earlier. They were up, uh, let's see. Yeah, they, they were up 4-2, then 5-3 with uh, like 10 minutes left in the third. Oh, man, um, that rocks. Wonderful. I love, they, I love seeing that. They have to trade for proven winner, JT Miller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that God, is so dude. fucking funny. I, I love seeing the Oilers lose. I, I, I know at some point in my life, I'm going to see them win a Stanley cup and I'm just going to be miserable, but I, I need to take it. You know, what was like to me in the past decade, one of the best hockey moments of all time for me was, was when the, the Oilers choking against Anaheim. Um, that one game where they were up like three, nothing with like no time left. And then they lost in overtime. Do you remember that one? I don't remember that game actually. Let me see. I think it was game five of Yes, of the 2017 playoffs. Uh, oh, man. Oh, just so good. So they... Uh, let me see if I can find the actual uh, like box score here. Yeah, they were up 3 nothing in the uh, third period in 2017 in the Western Conference semifinals. Uh, and yeah, Oilers were up 3 nothing with 3 minutes, 16 seconds left. Oh, my God. In game five. Yeah. Oh, God. Incredible. Um, Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully more of that. But um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm nervous for the deadline. Not as nervous as I was under Jim Benning. Um, yeah. I think we'll see a couple smart moves, which is nice. Um, I just, 
I just want it to be the draft already. I don't even want to know that. I don't even want to see the draft lottery because I'm too nervous. No, I just want to skip ahead win. to the draft. Nothing to be oh. nervous about. Oh man. I mean, it would just be the best thing in the world. And I got, I mean, I don't have it with me right in front of me right now, but I, I pulled that Connor Bedard autograph. So I yep. feel like that's, that's sign gotta be God. a sign. That sign has to be God, a sign, baby. right? We're going to win. It's going to be the Canucks. That's going to be the San Jose Sharks picking one, two. I, I tried to which, sell it. Which, I tried uh, Okay. Yeah, I tried to sell the Bedard thing, uh, the Bedard Auto at the card show today. It yeah. didn't get any good no offers. Dice. So I think I might uh, hold off until like the draft lottery or the draft when I think it'll Ooh. kind of peak in value. But the problem is, hold? well, no, the problem is it's not an NHL card, right? It's okay. his like juniors card. So once his actual NHL cards come out, the value of all his like junior stuff will just like plummet. Okay. Um, but like his NHL cards aren't going to come out until like late 2023 at the earliest. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'm going to, I'm going to hold it maybe until, until the draft of the draft lottery. Cause like, let's say Montreal gets the first overall pick. That means like in terms of like collecting his value is going to fucking skyrocket. So, oh yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see, but I, I am taking that as a sign from God. Uh, it, it's got to mean something here. Here's okay. Back to the, the ideal deadline day. Yeah. The Canucks have seven draft picks for this year. Okay. Because they gave up their fifth for Ethan Bear and their seventh for I forget. And then they have the Islanders first. And then they have the Rangers fourth from trading yeah. Tyler Mott. So if they go into the draft with 10 picks, I'll say, oh. good job. You had a good, uh, oh, you had a, can you, you had a good imagine, deadline. Can you imagine how exciting that would be? Like, like day two of the draft, like getting up early to like watch it and like see who they're picking. Like, that would be so fun. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So oh, I think, man. yeah, that's, which isn't, so that's three more picks to acquire through all the other assets. Yeah. Between being a middleman and getting rid of Shen and then one other. It could and then happen. They're, they're, they're at a draft pick deficit for 2024. So they'll, they'll have to figure out something there. There's no one really to sell next year. Bovillier, I guess. And yeah, Ben Pedersen, and which Pedersen. I guess that's the other big piece of Canucks news. I know we're wrapping up now, but he was on After Hours, and yeah, what do you say? I didn't happy really in, watch it, but he I, said he I know. was happy in Vancouver to be open to signing long term, which I wouldn't have expected him to say anything different. So I don't know if that's a major revelation or not. I really, I mean, I really hope he resigns. Just give him whatever the fuck he wants, man. He's so good. Like he's, I cannot believe how good he is. I always, I knew he was good, but like he is. Like he's getting like Selkie buzz. Like I don't think he's gonna win the Selkie this year, but I do think he's gonna be a nominee. It's it's crazy. Yeah, potentially. Um, he'll get <sighs> votes at the very least. Oh yeah. So yeah, so, yeah like give him twelve million dollars for eight years. I don't care. Fuck it. Let's go. <sighs> man. Just, oh just man. Him. I, I would be so God. mad. I mean, God, I'd be happy just, for him if he went somewhere else, but I just can't. I'm looking at the future. Pedersen is like. Doesn't get signed this off season, pending RFA. He gets can take to the Vegas. Q. No, no, he can take the QO. <laughs> S- says he doesn't want to sign long term in Vancouver. Demko's fucked forever. He-, he comes back and he's like a shell of of his former self, which has happened with goalies before. And there's nothing. It's just shit. Oh, imagine, <sighs> man. I imagine you had to watch those Philadelphia Flyers every day, and there wasn't even like a Pedersen to be like, oh, cool. I mean, I guess we did sort of go through that before he got drafted, but that's like, true. Yeah. 
Oh man! But it doesn't matter because we're drafting Bedard, baby. Celebrating the year after is back to back like tank seasons. And then can you fucking imagine how sick that would be? Promise oh land God. time. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's it's been over fifty years. Can you give us some fucking good luck for once, please? Please, we get God. Bedard? All I'm asking for is two first overall picks in a row. That's all I want. Yeah, that's not too much to ask. <laughs> It'll never bitch again. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to check out our Patreon for we're doing weekly bonus apps now, unless something horrible happens. And you get access to our Discord and you help support the show. And we're close to our uh, John Taffer cameo goal. So we're very close. Yeah, let's make it happen. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening. And we'll see you later the week on the aforementioned Patreon. That's right. Bye. Bye, everyone. Are you ready for some good days? Have to have high, high.